Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. I don't believe you. Well, you'll have to try harder. Don't you dare talk to me like that. Revolutions are expensive. I told you I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> your everything seemed to be all about bringing in a savior to access your family funds. This week, the story is about the aftermath of a shocking event on Eldani and the surviving perpetrator's reemersion back into the shadows. In this week's Andor, episode seven, we have a lot of people talking in rooms. It's a lot less action-packed than last week's heist. Uh, Ross, how successfully is the series finding its voice now that it's had a few full arcs of storyline completed and then advanced beyond? How are we doing? It's it certainly has its voice. Um, I still am confused by its delivery because this was kind of a cool. I like the way that this was just kind of a one off. And I, I don't necessarily have an issue with arcs. I just have not been thrilled with the way that the arcs have been delivered uh, and the pacing of them. Uh, whereas this episode, I thought, had exceptional pacing. Um, but the tone, I think, has been really consistent. Uh, and it's about people and it's about that kind of burgeoning rebellion that comes from just overt oppression from uh, a specific political uh, leaning uh, or just kind of the general reality. Uh, and it makes it a very down to earth show more than Star Wars has ever done. Um, yeah, and, and the oppression gritty. thing is, the oppression thing is really interesting because like obviously we've seen examples of the tyranny of the empire on like a grand scale, such as like blowing up planets um, or, or just like mm. the, the rise of an evil uh, dictator. Um, in smaller fashion, yes, we've seen stormtroopers like patrolling the streets of Mos Eisley and like doing spot checks and stuff. But like this episode is a really good example of what I think the show overall is doing successfully, which is illustrating the day-to-day -day, uh, oppression of the empire and how it's exhaustive and and frankly relatable and prescient, like getting a bit ahead of ourselves, like the end of this episode when uh, Cassian gets harassed for just like being in public. It's, it's like very reminiscent of like uh, police harassment as we see it in the news. And so I'm finding that particular depiction pretty successful. Yeah, absolutely. And it really goes, like the Imperial depiction is, really different and because it, it shows the grossest side it doesn't show any of the cool sides but it also shows the most humane sides uh and yeah. like learning about kind of like dedra miro i think she's great yeah like this is a really interesting character this is an imperial that you root for in a way that you never have rooted for an imperial in the past like you root for imperials only because they're cool uh, and in this case, it's like she's the like the, the kind of the maybe the the, the casto. Well, she's certainly the different one because she's she's a, a woman in a room full of old white guys. Uh, and uh, it's it, it, it and she's young and she's just so much smarter than everyone. She's seeing through it and she sees through it the way that we as the audience kind of see through it. But she's still an imperial. So we don't side with her. Um, I guess it, from a like a I guess a, a, a political standpoint or a, a what's just like an ethical here? ideological uh, standpoint. We don't agree with her morally. Thank you, ethical, yeah. ethical morally. 
but at the same time, we are agreeing with the way she's approaching things and we're seeing the show or at least half of the show through her eyes. So I think she's been really interesting. But then you see also like the scummy, like the chubby guy from, from last time who was the, uh, who had died of a heart attack. Mm. Uh, and, and, and we're seeing like just ruthless stormtroopers, uh, and then, uh, you Lauren as well. And I absolutely loved, uh, him coming in and the way that they just completely like bitch slapped us with how, um, just horrible he was. Wait, and, which one was uh, you Lauren? And yeah, and, and that's something that it is a fun, deep cut um, that dates back all the way to A New Hope. So uh, Admiral Yularen uh, is the white-haired, uh, white-mustached uh, Imperial, uh, Imperial um, Security Bureau officer. Yeah, I have, who, I have his photograph kind of, in front of me here. I don't totally recognize him based on his IMDb picture. Now, yeah, you 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 wouldn't because his IMDb picture doesn't look like uh, how he looks in the show. And to be honest... Uh, it's not a it's not an amazing uh, one to one look, but it's it's good enough for sure. Um, but he's in the background of the boardroom scene uh, uh, right after the uh, the emperor dissolves the Senate and like uh, like Tarkin lectures Vader in A New Hope. Oh, yeah. Uh, and okay. he's he's at the table. And then he's one of them. He's a main character or like a B character in the Clone Wars. But he's working alongside the Jedi. So he's a really interesting kind of transition character who never changes sides and he's just a guy and he has uh like just he's he's a he's a company man to the government and he goes from being the the guy who's rolling his eyes at anakin and obi-wan oh you silly jedi yeah to this like um how tight will we close our grip and how much can we just make the galaxy just crumble at our will. Well, and he's just so horrible. That's it's such an, an interesting nuance for so many uh, characters within the Empire to consider that they're fully aware that if they were to push back on this new order, they'd get killed. They'd get exiled or they'd get killed in front of everybody. And so he's just like trying to keep his head down and like doing the job that he's always done to the best of his ability. But I think that's what stands out and that's what you like also about Dedra Miro is that she is exhibiting an allegiance to the Empire while also thinking for herself. Whereas so many of these like heads in this this army that they've amassed are just brainwashed and she actually excels in this moment. And her opposition across the table, who's trying to get her in trouble for not doing exactly what protocol states, smugly smirking, thinking that he's going to nail her, actually ends up looking like a putz. And she comes out on top for having thought outside the box in service of the Empire. And so that's another thing that makes her stand out among the crowd. Uh, that, that's a really great way of putting it. Uh, and I think that sums it up perfectly. She can think for herself and very, very, very few people within the empire do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to you, Lauren, I, it, it does seem like he's like bought in too much. And it's almost the way that you look at some um, people who politically seemed okay at one point, but had just become like, they just tie themselves to one person who's batshit insane and they get dragged down right with them to the point where they're kind of just as bad. Yeah, we've seen that before and too. Yes, we have. And so I thought this episode 
uh, just so if, if, if you could, couldn't tell already, um, I think this was as good as the last episode. Um, and it, it stands at the, at the top of the series for me in that regard. It's I, I, that was just really, really interesting and um, relatable in, in its worldview. And it was a thinker. Uh, and we even we haven't even touched on the Mon Mothma or Cassian of it all yet. No, no. And I, I agree that this was a really good episode and for reasons entirely different from episode six. Uh, let's do a um, a Star Wars check, if you will. We've talked a lot about how the show doesn't always feel like we're living in a Star Wars universe. Some interesting uh, examples on either side of this argument in this episode in particular. And I thought the style of it was really interesting. Like we saw some droids that were familiar, like the little mouse droid. Uh, we saw one of them uh, roving around at one point. That was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> a couple of notable images that I'm not sure we've ever seen in Star Wars before. A television anchor man, or media in general, is very limited in Star Wars. Um, in Attack of the Clones, in Clone Wars, like Coruscant, there's some stuff in the background, okay. but this was pretty overt. Like right? in, in like a dramatic sense, like it's used for like exposition. There's a television anchor man. Uh, pistachios, and they're just straight pistachios. That was kind of bizarre. <laughs> yep, I agree. And a beach town, like the Venice boardwalk with literal palm trees. And like, like chalets next to the waves where Cassian's hooking up. Like you, like you almost see a guy on roller skates. Like it's the weirdest image to see in Star Wars. And I'm not mad at it, but like this is new. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it reminded me of Harloff Minor, which was referenced once in a book. And it was kind of described as like a tropical beach resort world. Uh, and I think this was called Neomos. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was great. It was creative new star wars world it felt otherworldly but also very familiar uh it could have benefited from i don't know maybe something a little bit more alienish maybe whether it's more aliens or something that seemed a little less from earth but because it was so uh one climate like or at least that's all we got to see well we saw there's um, shore troopers there which feels very star warsy and we mentioned them already yeah uh, but yeah, it just in terms of it, it felt like it felt it, it felt like it fit in Star Wars. And that's sure. always what you want. And I guess maybe it's also because it uh, is beachy like Scarif was. And Scarif was also like it's it's that same thematic. And we see a K2 droid or KX series droid. And so it just it's bringing up similar imagery. And overall, I thought this episode easily felt the most like Star Wars of any of the episodes in this show. Uh, not even close. When you saw that KX series droid, did any part of you think maybe this is K2SO? Because we know he's going to arrive at some point in the series. Absolutely. Uh, there, I assumed it was until he, I, I didn't, I, I would have said it was like, yeah, it's probably two thirds that this is, uh, I'll give that the odds that this is actually K2. He kind of um, walked on screen in like a, oh, look who it is. Like he kind of walked, his head appears over the horizon. Yes. Oh, Wow. I, I love the way that you said that, because that's actually that is one of my favorite lines from Rogue One is there is no horizon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a mistake. I didn't plan that. Uh, but yeah, that that is a great shot. And it's it's obviously meant to keep you lingering. Either it's going to be a dramatic reveal or it's a, like a dramatic bait and switch. And it was a funny scene with Cassian where he picks him up and just slams him against the wall, uh, which I actually 
I, I didn't pick this up, but I was listening to the Four Center podcast and they mentioned on it how that really mirrors at the start because they he says like uh hang there with him or something and that's why he picks him up and, and hangs him there uh and the episode opens up with clem hanging in the street on rick's right. road so it's almost like and then cassian goes to prison from like for six years because the empire um because he, he literally did nothing wrong just like clem at the start and so uh he's kind of following in his father's footsteps in the worst possible way although he, he didn't get strung up and killed but he got hanged in the street and uh discarded by the empire well let's go back to the beginning of the cassian storyline in this episode then because he is like kind of gone back to lurking in the shadows um he returns home to what's her name barracks and oh Mar uh, marva marva to aunt petunia um and she explains that you know oppression over the city like they've got the watchdogs out like crazy you can't be here it's not safe for any of us if you're going to stay here and um she kind of sends him off and the last thing she says is, and this was interesting because I'm still hung up on the sister of it all. Stop looking for your sister. You got separated when you were kids. Like you got to give up on that dream. Basically, she's not, she doesn't say it directly, but what she means is your sister is dead. You got to give it up. And I mean. She says no one survived. Right. She pretty much said it. But safe to assume that's, that's incorrect. Like for sure the sister's alive and maybe we saw her in this episode, right? That's possible. Uh, who would she be in this episode? Well, who I forget exactly why she was brought on screen, but that like she was roughly Cassian's age and she was like kind of stately and dark looking. Now I forget. It was like about mid episode, but they use her as the thumbnail for the the episode when you open up Disney Plus. Oh, maybe anyway, I'll do a little research. Background. I'll do a little research, but then he he goes off, and the next time we pick up with him, he has like made his way out of town, and he's like sleeping with a lady which is another interesting uh more pg-13 thing for a star wars movie yeah that was uh very explicit even more so than the tim and bix stuff uh and he also uh runs into bix uh when marva kind of is telling him like oh yeah let's just give it a night um and uh she basically just says fuck off cassie and nobody right. likes you here <laughs> um and then you know one thing leads to the next he uh gets arrested and Interestingly, like a court scene, there's a court steno. Um, they say this kind of offense, which, you know, he didn't commit any offense, would normally put you away for six months, but actually it's going to be six years. And so next episode, he'll be in prison and there's going to be some kind of prison break or maybe Luthen will get him out. I don't know. It, it seems like he will, because they sent Vel uh, or Clea sent Vel after um, Cassian. And so that'll be interesting to see whether maybe Vel breaks. Um, Cassian out or assists in that way. We do see Vel was unrecognizable trailer. to me, by the way, for like half that scene. I didn't realize it was Vel because she was in like earrings and a, a nice hairdo. Yeah, she did look like a totally different person. Uh, and so did Clea, for that matter. I, I did, wasn't sure who it was for a little while. And she was intense in that conversation. Well, maybe that's, uh, who, I'm, maybe that's who I'm seems... talking about. Is that possible? Like, can you see my screen here? Who's who's this gal? Yes, Clea is. That, that is um, that's Luthen's assistant. Oh, okay. I thought for a second maybe that was uh, Cassian's sister, just because I was, I was confused. Well, no, she does. She does look like a a, a different person. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't sure who it was for a while until she started talking, and just based off of um, when Vel said she wanted to speak to Luthen, I was like, "Oh, that's definitely Clea." Um, but Clea, she was intense, and she like it. It kind of falls in line with Luthen having like a wig. 
uh, and this like two-faced personas of these re rebels and yeah, spy shit. It'll be interesting. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see. I think these are going to be a little bit more coin flips. Like, which ones are going to land? Heads or tails on these rebels? Are they crazy like Saw, or are they going to end up on Mon Mothma's side? Uh, and it's like this episode. It kind of seems like they're cra crazy like Saw, uh, and so it'll. That's what it it'll reads be to me like. I and, and by the way, Saw yeah. Guerrera could have something to do with Cassian getting out of jail. Although he doesn't know Cassian Absolutely. at this point, but we know that he's like nuts. So that could happen. <laughs> Well, and Vel could recruit him uh, to help with that. Uh, we, it, it'll be. I'm excited for a prison break arc. I think that could be great. Totally. Uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't result in episode. Uh, what would that be? Uh, nine. I'm hoping that episode nine isn't um, like an episode where nothing happens because it's the middle episode of a three episode arc. And it's just about like developing like the other prison inmates who are going to die in episode 10. I don't yeah. need to see that no. <laughs> again. Well, remind we, me, like, does kind of had the, the Tims and the Bixes and all the Bixes isn't dead yet, but then also all the people we lost in episode six. Remind me, does Saw break Cassian out of jail in Rogue One, the movie? Like he's definitely imprisoned with the gang at one point. Uh, no, uh, saw imprisons Cassian. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. K two, and I guess by virtue Cassian uh, break Jin out of prison. Okay. Um, so those would be the two prison breaks, and then um, Cassian escapes Saw's prison um, via Jin and explosions. Well, and then I think we have to consider also. Cyril and how he's going to play back into Cassian's life because they're aware of each other at this point and like is he going to end up some kind of interesting imperial Edward Snowden type figure but like we again pick up on him at the breakfast table with his mom she's kind of given him the gears he's really dejected and by the end of the episode he's he's a paper pusher again he's working in a cubicle but he is you know, no more welcomed within the empire than he was before. And so something's going to give, something interesting is about to happen with this guy. And it seems unlikely that it's not going to involve some side switching to me. Oh, you think he's going to come back? He's going to come to the rebellion? No, not necessarily that far, but like the empire's not doing anything for him. So he's going to go either all in on the empire and prove to us that he is brainwashed, like we were discussing before, or he's going to continue to think for himself maybe he and, and Miro will 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 join I don't know I could see him definitely linking up with the with Dedra or she, she needs some piece of information and that's where he sees like value because he's able to help someone who's higher up and then that helps him uh I or, or maybe he kills his mom and goes like totally psycho or oh. some weird thing who knows although I I don't really know. I think he, I don't know if he's directly working for the empire. I think he's working for a bunch oh. of kind of like arms. Cause he was working for like a corporation at the start, which True. was kind of like a, like a real extended arm of the empire. And same with this. It seems to be like, he's doing like data entry for like resources or something. I, I, I really, I, I don't know exactly. And so maybe for him, it's about just getting to be part of like the ISB or like the actual uh, military of the empire, uh, the Imperial military uh, or Imperial Navy, uh, like anything along those lines. Like maybe it's him graduating to being like a traditional Star Wars bad guy. <laughs> yeah, it could be. That would be, I'd be really interested. We talked before about how like it would be interesting if he ultimately had something to do with 
the Death Star, because that's going to have to enter this storyline, even if peripherally, at some point. Um, Absolutely. Okay. Uh, always want to talk about Mon Mothma. We, and this is the only Luthen scene we get. She pays a visit to Luthen's store, uh, and you know she has a hunch about he maybe was behind this uh, insane thing that happened on Aldani, and he basically confirms that. And she is quite appalled by his actions. Yeah, she's unimpressed with, I guess, maybe how willing he is to have casualties. Mm. And it shows, and he's kind of like, well, maybe you're not going to take it far enough and all that crap. <laughs> um, but it, it goes to show that right after that, she needs to put things into into action. She kind of switches and, and maybe hasn't, is portraying a certain side to Luthen that she's a lot weaker than she is. And I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily that she's going to like grow this backbone. And like, this is like her first step. I think maybe she's been uh, biding time a lot more than necessarily we've seen in the first few episodes. I think she's going to have a lot of dominoes lined up yeah. uh, in addition to this like take Homa. Uh, and I think this was kind of one of those ones where she's like just passively feeling Luthen out and just being like, Oh, like kind of like, I don't necessarily like what you're doing. Although that is the truth. She doesn't necessarily like what he's doing. Um, but I think it's more so her just realizing maybe I can't work with this guy in the way I initially thought. And I'm going to go and uh, take a little bit more of the reins on this overall thing. And maybe I need to be the 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 head of this rebel alliance. Yeah. And, and she's starting to admit out loud that th that her role as a senator is moot. Like she's starting and she yeah. says that to uh, her old friend. And we can talk about that interaction uh, when they're having the party at her apartment basically talking about how they're going to have to get the ball rolling, but be really low key. And she says like, look, even my husband can't be trusted. And so that's the seed of, yeah, she's really not romantically invested in this guy at all. Um, we see her teenage daughter again. She might be in Tay. She might be in who? She oh, might be a little romantically interested in Tay. Tay, that's right. That's his name. Do you know anything about him? Is there anything interesting to... He's, he's from Chandrilla, which is where Mon Mothma's from. He's, it seems like he's... a uh from a banking lineage or started a bank so mm. he's clearly super wealthy and she says she has a family fortune so they probably go way back as uh just just rich kids but no he's a new character yeah so maybe he's going to like bankroll some of the early rebellion like the, there there could be a possibility like if he also does a sort of robin hood thing where he like gives away his wealth in service of like saving the galaxy and her mission because maybe they're in love uh, I was thinking, I mean, maybe, uh, because I'm sure he's also super wealthy. I was thinking it was more like she's asking him to become the rebellion Cayman Islands uh, yeah. and to basically be like a like a tax shelter and to like do fraudulent statements and allow yeah, her to, to launder for with, her. That's cool. Withdraw her money, but keep the account balance the same and like just create fake paper that's kind of what i assumed from it but maybe he's also going to just kind of surrender some of the bank's wealth or maybe the bank won't have as much cash on hand at all time or we'll make investments and in, in, into different uh, or maybe we'll short stocks that the Re rebellion um is going to win if it's going to blow up an imperial oil refinery they'll short that stock and like do some like insider trading and like there's so many ways in which he can make his money back if he decides he's going to uh get in bed with the rebellion and so that could be a really cool 
uh, side plot in maybe season two. Well, and it would be interesting too if they decide to discolor some of the morality of someone like Mon Mothma, who has always worn white and has always been the symbol of decency and doing what's right. Like, this is supposed to be a show where our heroes are maybe uh, anti-heroic, and we, we obviously we've talked a lot about that as it pertains to and uh, to Cassian, but it would be so interesting if they decided to give some more context to this character who seemed quite not disposable, but ancillary for a long time and just like kind of dull and actually made her Ozark. <laughs> if they made her... Colin, it's white collar crime. Yeah, <laughs> or I, that's so interesting. smock crime. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. And like I said, she's my favorite, definitely the most interesting character on the show to me. So whatever they want to do with her, I'm here for it. Uh, what, have we, what have we omitted so far? What are the big things we haven't discussed? I'm not sure necessarily if there's any big things. Uh, it was that cool kind of interesting shot of Cinta um, oh, yeah. leaving Aldani uh, on this very cool uh, mountain skimmer of sorts that looks like it was made of a bunch of leftover parts. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when we see her again. Vel brought her up as well, so we definitely will be seeing her again. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if we see Bix, Marva, or B2 Emo again this season. I kind of don't think we will. I mean, I kind of think that she's going to get Aunt Barood, right? Like, I, mean, I know they've already done that with with Clem. And so, like, she doesn't really have that more, much more to offer uh, Cassian, story-wise. Marva? Yeah. Oh, I think Marva will be in the Rebellion when Cassian finally is in the Rebellion. And so maybe it's like, see, like, because episode, season two is going to have year-long arcs. Yep. So it can show sizable leaps in Cassian's involvement. And so if he's fully in the rebellion by the end of season one, maybe like arc two of season two involves uh, Marva um, showing up and like Cassian kind of bringing her in the fold because she's been fighting some small cell on Ferex and like that's how Ferex comes back into it. Right. So I think they might shelf it for a little while, but I think she could still play a, a key role in maybe reaffirming his... Um, allegiance to the rebellion maybe if it gets questioned or maybe if he's starting to stray towards the path of a of a saw and when she kind of re-enters he's able to to see the light a little bit it might not be k2 but even with this show starting to grow on me gradually it is still so lacking for uh, comic relief and the show can still be kind of grim if it wants to be but i need to chuckle a bit yeah, I, and that's interesting because I completely agree. And the last couple episodes have totally landed for me. And I've, I think it would be pretty hard to have put more in the last episode. Maybe you could have made Nemec a little bit funnier because he'd be certainly charming and, yeah. and 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 goofy. But I don't, I, I'm curious to know where it could have shown up in this episode. Right. Um, maybe there could have been a little bit more Funny banter between Tay yeah, and, just, and just Mon Mothma. Witty repartee is maybe that. That's probably plenty. It doesn't have to be a straight clown. Yeah, or maybe if just Cassian had more suave dialogue, yeah. or was saying more just in general. He's kind of a brooding, quiet guy, and so you're not going to laugh at well-written dialogue if there's not that much dialogue. And now the show's conveying a lot of emotions, and it's, it's doing all that really well, but it doesn't necessarily convey uh, a laugh and yeah. that is something that maybe if b2 emo doesn't show up again that's gonna 
be a bit of a problem because there's some levity there. And I don't think we're getting K2 this season, especially mm. after that tease. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure where it's going to show up, but in a prison, there could be uh, a great opportunity for some silly characters uh, who will be worth a laugh here and there. Anything going on in Star Wars news that we ought to give a mention to? Not a ton. Uh, there's a couple things that I'm interpreting. There is heavy rumor now that uh, Lars Mikkelsen is indeed going to be playing Thrawn. Okay, uh, great. So that's excellent. Uh, it was believed that he was, and then it was believed that he wasn't. Uh, and because uh, he was kind of rumored uh, to be Thrawn when they announced kind of, or when it was rumored that it was Mina Masood, and now it's... Um, uh, I think it's Amon Asfani or yeah, Amon Asfani. Um, That's who is going to be playing Ezra. And so it, it's been kind of now re-rumored. It's not been confirmed though, but it makes me think because uh, Soka just finished uh, filming Sabine's role, I think today, or it was announced on social media that that's just kind of finished up. And so that's Ahsoka's probably finishing up its initial photography of season one. So that's, that's really interesting because if Lars Mikkelsen was only recently rumored, then that means what has changed? Likely the man appeared on set and yeah. that's how leaks happen. And same with Iman Fondi. That's how leaks happen. And so that makes me think that given when Natasha Luberdizzo, who plays Sabine and Rosario Dawson were first officially announced and when filming started, that Imanis Fondi, who plays Ezra, will probably show up near the end of season one in Ahsoka, and that Thrawn will show up at the very end right. of the season one of Ahsoka. And that that's why it's so recent that it was just rumored, and now they're apparently rapping. It leads that there's probably not a ton of Thrawn and maybe not much more Ezra in season one. So that also makes me think that Ahsoka's almost guaranteed to have multiple seasons. And so there's just a bunch of like, those are some, some interpretations I'm making uh, from just the rumors of those castings. Uh, other than that, there's really nothing else going on uh, in the star Wars world. There's some uh, books that are coming out the next phase of the high Republic. Uh, to be honest, the high Republic, there's just, there's too many books to keep up with. Uh, I will, I will slowly chip away at it. Uh, it's an interesting era. I'm very excited for the acolyte. I'm super excited for the acolyte. Uh, it, but uh, given just how much, how many books there are and how quickly I read, uh, I'll, I'll never catch up, <laughs> which is that's uh, a good I problem to have. Not, yeah, not a bad problem to have. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't mention this, but I also recently watched the uh, the Obi Wan behind the scenes documentary a couple weeks ago. Uh, I enjoyed that, uh, and just overall, and I, I really enjoyed the Obi Wan show. Yeah, and I know we were chatting recently, just how could have been maybe a movie but uh just overall that documentary i certainly recommend it uh hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor continue to be incredibly charming that's very nice uh, yeah and i think that's it okay well when we return we will be discussing episode eight of andor entering the final third sort of of uh of the series well i guess not quite but pretty soon uh in the meantime if you want to let us know what your thoughts were on episode seven it was called announcement you could tweet us at recorder 66 or email recorder 66 podcast at gmail.com as always be sure to like and subscribe on your preferred podcast app or if you're with us on youtube uh like and subscribe there as well and until we are together again may the force be with you